Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and with me this fine afternoon in a, on the beach in Long Beach is Jed Behar. Welcome, Jed. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be on your podcast. I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks. You're probably my biggest fan, my number one, my only fan. <laughs> Wait, of the millions of, of the millions. listeners. Yes. Billions. I'm one in a million. <laughs> oh, definitely you are. You're a wonderful, wonderful person, and I'm great to to know you and to have met you. It's a. Uh, uh, I've met you running. You've been running half marathons uh, at the at the race that I've uh, been working at for for a few years now. And, right. Um, you know, I'm. I, I was get curious. to see you a lot, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, we get to see each other. It's can never see enough of each other. <laughs> Never enough. But, never. But seriously, you are a real motivating guy, man. It's, I, I love these uh, opportunities to run into you out here doing healthy stuff and uh, living a good life and running and yeah, positivity. Oh, thanks, man. I, I, I really try to. It helps to get off the mountain and see like wonderful people like you and all you know all my other friends. And it's really it really makes my my day really nice and my week go by I, I love to to see you guys you guys inspire me as much as sometimes we inspire you or i inspire you know i guess we inspire each other yes this is what i i like that that circle of inspiration yeah and your uh, your podcast inspires me the the travel tips and the places that you visit oh, like man. like even like that one you did on, did on tijuana it got me motivated and like uh my wife ended up going down to tijuana and we had had your podcast listened to it first and then got a bunch of confidence and actually ended up being a really great experience no way and, that's so cool man. Um, so like uh, yeah the uh, I, I, in the spirit of your travel podcast I'm, I was hoping to share my story I, I just recently went to Ecuador a couple months ago this was in uh, actually October and um, it was an amazing trip so what are we in now almost no now we're in february so it was like one two three four months i don't know i can't do math <laughs> october three. november december january we're already in february february first it. it's going by so fast yeah we're gonna blink our eyes and it's gonna be 2021 <laughs> and i don't know what's gonna be happen with the presidency i have no idea oh yeah, yeah i don't know stuff. either he's gonna win or lose or trump's gonna win or i don't know i have no idea bernie's gonna win maybe yeah who knows <laughs> It's all a race. Life is a race. I was curious. Uh, th- we're going to talk about Ecuador. What wanted, What made you go to Ecuador? Have you always wanted to go? Absolutely. Um, my wife in particular, uh, she actually picked this vacation because it was her 40th birthday and we didn't wanted to do a 40th birthday trip. And she's a huge animal enthusiast. She's been working in the zoo industry for decades now, uh, like her whole life. And so um, Galapagos and Ecuador, Galapagos is in Ecuador. It's one of the islands off of the shore. And uh, that whole area is just known for just wild, bizarre, exotic animals. Uh, you know, giant tortoises and turtles and, um, you know, um, just uh, all kinds of exotic birds and the, uh, the uh, even the vegetation and everything. It's just uh, really bizarre and so much to see. So um, it was always on her bucket list and mine too. I just, I, I'd like to go all over the world if possible. Yeah. There's still so much I haven't seen, uh, which is another reason I love your podcast because it just gives us so many ideas. 
places to go. Well, thanks. So, um, yeah, pretty much uh, we went to major hotspots in Ecuador. Like we started in the capital. So Quito, huh? Yeah, day day one we were in Quito, Ecuador, and we started at the top. We took a, a tour that took us to El Teleferico's highest point which I guess is uh, one of the highest points or maybe the highest point in Ecuador. And you basically take the ski lift up, up, up the side of this mountain. And Ecuador is already a high elevation, so it's cold. And uh, up at the top of that, it's like you need a coat and everything. What's, and, what's the elevation? You know, I'm not, I, I should have like looked up 5, the number. 4,000, I, I think it's it's a lot. I mean, it might yeah. be like eight or 9,000. Yeah. I feel like uh, I probably should have looked that up before the <laughs> it's podcast. Okay, so it's okay. Better facts. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> but it's like, it was high enough that you kind of notice it. You yeah. get, you get breathing a little bit. Yeah. And um, they've got this great uh, rope swing up there that just goes out over the ledge. So you get on this rope swing and you just swing out and you're just over this huge, vast void. Of, uh, and then just below you is just this huge city at a distance and all these colorful houses and homes and buildings and churches. Are you and, strapped into something? Not even, no. no. There's like just no safety mechanisms <laughs> That's whatsoever. South America for you. Just yeah. go and if <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, exactly. <laughs> Um, so being up there, it's just so great. You kind of hike around and see the spectacular views. And we took a picture with a, a llama. There's this little family up there that charges 50 cents, and you can take a picture with their llama. And it's just like the coolest. Uh, the indigenous people really uh, are beautiful people. They are so much color, and you know there, there's a poor population, so it's you know there's a lot of selling of little trinkets and, and asking for donations and, and begging and things. And it's all it's all very charming and, and a beautiful community. Um, and then still the same same first day we went down to uh, this museum they have called Museo Intanyan and it's at the equator where latitude is zero 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 and they do all these really cool science experiments with you where you stand on one side of the, the zero latitude one side of the equator and they'll have like this bucket of water and they'll pull the cork and you watch the water spiral down the hole clockwise and then they carry the bucket to the other side of the equator just a few feet yeah. and then they they fill it up again pull the cork and then the water spirals the counterclockwise the opposite That's way so cool and then they take the bucket to like the actual equator line and then they fill it with water pull the cork and then the water just goes straight down it doesn't even spiral <laughs> and it actually like right in front of your eyes you're yeah. seeing these like really cool like magic physics. it's like magic yeah <laughs> And there's all these things, I forget the explanations, but like, like for some reason, right on the equator, you can actually balance an egg on the head of a nail. And I have all these pictures on my Facebook page. I'll have to share with you. All these really weird um, physics accomplishments you can do when you're at the equator where the, the spin of the earth is a certain way. So it's just really fascinating. I'm kind of a science nerd. So Yeah, um, yeah. These little things I love when you travel to a country, you can't like read about these little things. Like <laughs> yeah. you experience them. Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing about all this stuff. Yeah, and so we, we bought some like crafts and stuff. You can watch the natives making these wool coats and toys out of wool, and it's pretty cool. And the, uh, one cool thing you can do in Ecuador and Quito is you can walk around, and the churches and cathedrals are open, and you can just walk in and explore. But not just amongst the pews, but you're allowed to walk up and inside the ceilings, and like go up onto the roofs of these giant Whoa. cathedrals. And like you know, this would be dangerous. I could never imagine yeah. being allowed. To do this in the United States, and you know you could go right up to the the huge glass stained windows and just like put your hands on them, and you could go up inside the clock towers inside the churches and be like right behind the clock, the giant clock. Um, it's just a really cool way to, uh, way to explore and just see everything. Um, second day of the trip, 
uh, we went for a, we, we got up to go um, see condors, some condor preserve. Condors. But our, our tour got canceled because the, the guy showed up and said, listen, there's a protest forming in Quito. And we didn't realize the writing on the wall, the consequence of this protest, which is going to hit us later in our trip. But at the moment, it didn't sound like a big deal. And he said, you know, we could still do the Condor tour, but the protest is probably going to form. I can't guarantee I'll be able to get you home because the protest is going to shut down the streets. And so Whoa. we thought, well, we'll play it safe. And we ended up Googling and looking at like TripAdvisor. We found a walking tour and we met this guy named Ovidio who does this free walking tour, starts at a hostel, and you can he just walks you around the city and he showed us all these great murals and beautiful painted homes and just taught us about the culture and took us to the marketplaces and taught us about what the food is and you know what you eat there and you know great tips and um, a lot of the history and then a lot of the context to this uh, protest that was forming. And, and TripAdvisor is where you found this. That's yeah. a good place to find tours and stuff on. Huh? Yes, TripAdvisor Trip is so many great tips. And even, even little details like where to find a bathroom or where to find Wi-Fi. It's all over TripAdvisor. Um, so he said that the, the, organiza- the, um, the, um, 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 the protest was going to really pick up the next day. And, you know, it, it was interesting, but it wasn't really going to affect us because we were going to Galapagos the next day. So what, we thought. What, they're protesting? Yeah, he explained that um, there were there were different things that the indigenous people of Ecuador were not happy about as far as the president. One in particular was the main thing was gas prices. Believe it or not, gas prices. Um, diesel fuel was a dollar a gallon. It bumped up to two dollars a gallon for Whoa. gas overnight. Some subsidy changed, and the president didn't do anything about it, or so they thought. And everybody was upset. And it may seem like to us, like, wow, we spend like $4 a gallon for gas out But if here, it doubled to like $8? Oh. We'd go nuts, right? Yeah. That would... and, and these people don't have much to live on. They make like $5 a week, yeah. and they have their little boats and their little motors. They need the, the fuel. So it was a shock to them. So um, anyways, that was the, the protest that was building. But you know, the next day, we caught our plane to the Galapagos Islands, which is off of the mainland. And this is where you start seeing all the crazy exotic animals. And How, um, how long is that plane from, uh, was it Quito to the Galapagos? Quito to Galapagos was like maybe an hour and a half. It, it's not that long it's pretty of a close, flight. Huh? <laughs> it's pretty close. Just straight off the shore. Is there a reason why it's so filled with amazing animals? Well, it's just so untouched and it's all, its own little isolated ecosystem. So everything there just doesn't interbreed, doesn't intermix with anything on the mainland. So, you know, the, the plants, the, the animals, the sea creatures, the air, the, I mean, the birds, um, they're all just so unique uh, and different. Um, so it's one kind of cool thing is you're flying into the Galapagos Islands. They come through the plane and they confiscate all plastic. You're not allowed to bring plastic bottles, no nothing like that, because they're very protective about their wow. environment. And they literally come through the aisles on the plane and they spray you with a disinfectant. <laughs> they, yeah. they spray the people, right? And all <laughs> yeah. your stuff, you get sprayed and disinfected before you're allowed to land. And then Galapagos is a series of a bunch of little islands. So you land, the airport's on one little island. And from that island, you have to ferry to the next little island of Los Gemelos. And then Los Gemelos is incredible. You, you get there and you hop in a taxi. And as you're driving in this taxi, the landscapes just suddenly change. Like first you're in the, what looks like a desert, like maybe Joshua Tree. And then suddenly it changes to like a cloud forest where it's like fog and like you know, crazy looking um, you know, trees, like a, like a forest, like here in, yeah. you know, in the US. And then suddenly it's like a jungle, like vines. And, and it just changes so, uh, so dramatically as you're going along in just you know, five minutes, it's suddenly a whole different ecosystem. 
and um, we visited this uh, tortoise reserve called El Chato and it's just hundreds of thousands of these giant tortoises like bigger than you and I like oh, huge, bigger like, than you and like, I <laughs> like 200 300 pound like giant moving rocks wow. just moving around and there's like lava tunnels you can hike through where you go down under the earth and and climb around and um, we stayed at this hotel called the Akala Hotel, which had the world's largest beds. They basically take these two, <laughs> these two, uh, two double kings. Like, or it's something. like two kings, and they smush yeah. them together, and they somehow have bedding that covers the whole thing. Like it's one bed, <coughs> and there's like little geckos that crawl all over the place. They're in your room. They're like on the windows, and they're just adorable. So if you're afraid of lizards, don't go to Galapagos because they're harmless and they're adorable. They have but, scorpions there. I didn't see any scorpions. I don't think so. Like, in, in Belize, I got stung by a scorpion. Oh, really? Yeah. But they're not dangerous down there. Only in like uh, the wow. Middle East where they are they life-threatening or dangerous. Oh, my goodness. That just made me feel a little weird. Oh, it, it hit me a couple times. I was putting on shorts that were still damp, my running shorts, and I felt something sting my leg. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I pick it up, and it stings my hand, and the scorpion just crawls out. Oh, my gosh. I'm lucky it didn't get, like, my crotch or anything, oh. you know? It's just the side of my hip. What? I put on the shorts. Wow. Just, Did it, like, create a welt or, like, a... A, a little welt. It was like a gosh. bee sting. It felt like oh, a bee man. sting. I've I, never been stung I by I felt kind of woozy, and... Uh, I, I, the, the scorpion did not survive. I made sure to uh, <laughs> smash it <laughs> ten pieces. Well, he had a yeah, I was like, look, yeah. you, you did a good job, but I'm gonna win this battle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and then, okay, so in Galapagos, you've got amazing food everywhere, street food everywhere. So, like, basically, you walk around, and it's just all these carts and coaches and, and stands with like. Uh, like live lobster and like just live fish and things that look like they might be fish and you just point at what you want and they just kill it and they cook it and they give it to you on rice and so like I was eating like the freshest lobster and the freshest fish and there's just sea lions hanging out everywhere like like dogs like we might have like wild dogs here they're just sea lions and marine iguana is just scooting around it's like an so, island safari it kind of kind of yeah like. yeah yeah exactly um, so like the first day we just kind of chilled and and, and and like hung out at the hotel and so the next day we hop on this is day four now we hop on a little boat tour and it takes us along the edges of that big island that we were on and how big is the island uh, um like 10 10 miles long maybe five say, miles long i'm gonna totally get this wrong but maybe uh, like the size of catalina okay so not not huge like you could probably bike around it but a really good size though yeah a good, a good size, size sure so you feel like you're kind of on a mainland in a way but um, you, you know, you're not considered, it's, it's, it's an island. It's basically an island for sure. So, you know, you could take these incredible boat tours like we took and like they take you along the side of the, the shores and you see the, the boobies, the blue-footed the boobies. boobies. Those are birds. <laughs> the funniest names, right? They're actually called boobies. Yeah, I want to it's, see it's, some boobies. It's impossible to say their name without giggling. And, but they're funny. They got these bright blue feet. And, um, and like storks everywhere and all these exotic birds along the cliffs along the, the island. Um, one stop was this place called Bahai de la Academia and uh, all you do is just hop in the water and there's turtles everywhere, sea turtles. And they're big, big giant sea turtles and they have these cute little like uh, pig shaped noses and they come up and they're curious and so you're not allowed to touch them. It's like against the law, yeah. but they come up to you and they're like bumping up they against could touch you. you. They could touch you. <laughs> you could, they could touch you, but you can't touch them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, the boat took us to this place called La Gretas Santa Cruz 
and it's this other island and the whole island looked like a like a funny 60s um, Star Trek set like like almost like like a like a alien planet in a way with like made up looking plants like they didn't even look real it was almost wow. like Joshua trees kind of in a way where it's like a tree but it's a cactus but it, it's got weird looking flowers that don't even look real and it's just these outer worldly plants and um, just like again sea lions everywhere and in this island at Las Grietas they've got this big crack in the ground filled with um, ocean water that kind of creeps in and at the bottom of this crack you can jump in into the water and there's mud skippers all over the like all over the the, the bottom of this um, crack and uh, eels and tropical fish and, um, just like incredible creatures so and then uh, you know we, we get back on the boat and then they take us to this place where you're seeing all these reef sharks and these huge beautiful colorful iguanas that come in every color you can imagine like bright orange ones i like iguanas ones. they're cool looking yeah they're like di little dinosaurs they, exactly they're like little dinosaurs yeah, they're and, so cool and each one is like unique they have like weirdly characteristic faces and in, in, in just just so, such interesting little creatures or I should say big creatures to look at and um, so that night this is the fourth day we go out to have more street food and this time there's a little protest forming on um, Galapagos and it was very organized there were pol uh, police smith presence everywhere it felt very safe and so we got this we, we could see that they were protesting to support the mainland workers that were there back on Ecuador back in Quito protesting the raise in the gas prices and we got this impression like okay this this protest is pretty organized but what we didn't know is that back on Quito the indigenous people were already feeling like they were losing the fight yeah. and they were uh, raising uh, and uh, basically escalating to violence and they were literally like sharpening spears and like creating Whoa. weapons and yeah. we would find this out uh, in the next couple of days as we tried to go back so anyways um, it, we, we had this kind of false sense of security, like everything's fine, and we went to bed that night. Next morning on the fifth day, we get up and we take this ferry ride out to um, uh, Las Tintorias Islet. And I'm not gonna lie, the ferry ride was pretty rough. Yeah. And there were people getting sick on it, and we were, anyways, but it was definitely worth it, because this- How long, how long was that ferry ride? It was about an hour. That's like a Catalina trip. It's like a, it was like a Catalina trip, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they kind of cram everybody in. Long Beach to California, uh, Catalina, if, if you've never done it, it's about an hour. Yeah, it is, but it, uh, admittedly worse. Like, worse. I'm sure you've probably been on the Catalina Flyer or the Catalina Express. Yeah, yeah. You're like a smaller about. boat or around the same it size? It was a bit smaller. Uh, the smaller is a little bit more rough. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be on like a little four-seater <laughs> in a storm going up and down on in waves. It's, yeah, yeah. Be throwing up over the, over the edge. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but we got after we got through and we got back to the mainland or back to the island we were heading to Las Tinterias Islet. Um, just it was so incredible. As soon as you step off of that little a boat, there's just sea lions sunbathing everywhere. You're stepping over them. There's a lizards, huge iguanas everywhere. Um, we went to this tortoise preserve and looked at how they like raise and protect tortoises. And there's adorable little baby ones and like adolescent ones <laughs> you can kind of see. And, What's um, a baby tortoise called? Is there a special name for it? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, or a flock of tortoises? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like a, a pride or a, I don't know. I, what's the a word? Pride of lions. A pride of I lions. Think pride of lions. I think. Uh, a school of tortoises. I don't. Like I don't a know. Cub what the word. is like a baby lion or. Oh man! Again, I wish I looked that up before. Uh, <laughs> I just call them babies. Babies, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're so adorable. Or boobies. <laughs> just call them all boobies. Boobies. Yes. <laughs> What's a baby booby? What's a baby booby? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, a baby booby. That's fun to say. <laughs>
Oh shoot. So so yeah. Anyways, um, so we get uh, you know that island was just incredible. Las Tenterias and the preserve there, and um, we hop on a little boat and um, we got we they got we got dumped off on this island where it was called Islote Las Tentoreras. Islote Las Tentoreras. I got to get my words straight here. Mm -hmm. And it's just thousands and thousands of little marine iguanas just teeming and swarming over each other. Like I've never seen it. It's just so many iguanas, and it, it's so captivating to watch them just sitting there and 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 just like sunbathing. Yeah, just sunbathing and just staring at the sun and just being all comfortable. And then you realize, like as you're looking at them, if you just look off the island on the shore into the water, there were thousands of sharks, and they're just teeming around there too. Just waiting for the iguanas to come yes. in the water. Is that what they're and, doing? And you know, you're watching, like you're literally watching these iguanas. There's so many that they're grabbing onto the side of the cliffs and like yeah. climbing over each other, and you're just waiting for one to fall in. But, <laughs> but they're pretty agile. Like I never saw a single iguana of the thousands of them fall down into the, into the sharks all teeming around below. And it's not just that, but like there's a, they have penguins, Galapagos penguins. Oh, they got penguins. Yes. So like right there awesome. in the bright sunny Galapagos, you see penguins just like uh, oh. you know hooting and quacking or whatever the sound yeah, is they yeah. make, uh, honking. They kind of make a honking sound. I have sound. no idea. And then flamingos. They're cute though. Penguins are cute. Yes, and it's like you know you know thousands of miles from any snow. It's like penguins. It's it's the most quaint thing to see. Um, and then we got to jump in. We, we took the boat out from that island and got to jump in and like, uh, man, just snorkeling with this tropical fish, sea turtles, stingrays all uh, swimming around you. Uh, and then sea lions would just come up while you're snorkeling there. And at one point you get to swim through um, a lava tunnel and in it, at the bottom of the tunnel, it's all sharks just sleeping and being, it's not moving. <laughs> And you're just moving through this like narrow canal yeah. and trying not to wake the sharks. And the thing is, it's like you're in ocean water, so the water shifts oh, around yeah. a little bit. So I, I would knock against the side <laughs> yeah. and then knock against the other side and think, oh crap, did I just scratch myself? Am I bleeding? Yeah, you're bleeding. Like, like, they can smell I, it. And then I scratch again, like, oh, am I bleeding now? And then scratch again, am I bleeding now? And like hoping that like I'm not bleeding and like waking up the, the sharks to come and have a have a bite. <laughs> but I, obviously, I'm here today, so I didn't get eaten by a shark or anything. Um, but yeah, like, I'm telling you, man, there's so much to do and see in Galapagos. So we wrapped up that day, went back, and again, another protest that night, but it's pretty civil, pretty organized. And then day six, we um, didn't have anything planned, so we just went out to the local beach close to us. It was called uh, Tortuga Bay. And on this bay, again, more marine iguanas. And, you know, we were seeing them everywhere, but we never got tired of how beautiful and incredible they were. But these iguanas on Tortuga Bay, were just super friendly. They come running up to you, like you know, like like puppies would, and like we get in the water and they would swim out to you and swim around you and just. I had my GoPro, so I have all this amazing. Oh, nice. like, is it is it on YouTube or anything? Uh, yeah, I put it on my Facebook page, but I still have so much footage I need to edit oh, and post. Nice. Yeah, I'd love but, to see it. Like just these shots of like them swimming from above the water and underneath the water, and you see their little bellies and the way that they like <laughs> they wiggle their tails they more. Like they, they they swim with their tails, not their hands, not yeah. their not their feet. They swim like uh, almost like snakes. It's kind of it's, it's interesting to watch, mesmerizing, really. Um, so um, yeah, also interesting thing that happened that day is it was uh, free healthcare day. Apparently, they have free healthcare days throughout the year, and so all these people from um, and it, not related to the protests, but all these people from different islands were swarming to this Galapagos island where the healthcare was free. The island that you were on. <laughs> that we were on, and so they were like. Just 
teeming and swarming at the ho at the, um, the hospitals trying to get their free health care and they were like getting into fights and stuff we were seeing like mobs trying to mob into these hospitals to get um, you know whatever services they wanted to get for free that day but it was quite a scene to see this just it was almost like a black friday deal you know you, you see the, the the weird viral videos yeah. of people swarming the stores people were just swarming the hospitals trying to get in there to get their shots or bandages or whatever they needed um, so that was like the last day of the trip and then day seven we we're supposed to go home and this is where the you know things got pretty crazy so um day seven the plan was just to go home we're in the galapagos we're going to hop a flight to um, small t uh, smaller city of Gayacala and not even get off the plane and then have a quick layover in Quito the capital again and then we my wife had the foresight to book a hotel it was going to be a six-hour layover but she thought well we'll just get a hotel and sleep for a little bit of rest and I was I'm kind of cheap I'm like the, the super yeah. cheap side of our relationship so I'm like I don't think we need the hotel <laughs> but it's you in balance yeah but, but like you know she's she, it was her birthday so I wasn't I was yeah, like, sure it's her it was, birthday man you yeah. get to splurge a little bit yeah so we splurged she even booked us for business class and I'm like eh, I don't know if we need to spend extra but <laughs> but it's you know it's her birthday so whatever and business class ended up saving us later because of the position I'll, I'll get to that the fact that we had business class and that hotel like literally I'll, I'll, I'll get so, so you upgraded from your economy to business class going from keto to LA exactly uh, a lot of times you get these uh, if you book an economy class they'll send you emails <laughs> and you could get cheaper business class tickets so that's, that's what she did that's a good way I've yes. done that before and sometimes you could also bid and put bids in too for business class yeah or, or premium classes yeah so I, she's really she's like you she's really savvy on traveling and she found um, a way to upgrade us to business class and um, so it was great right yeah. so we hop on our flight uh, by the way um, we I, I didn't mention we had another couple traveling with us so that comes into play shortly too so we all four of us get on our uh, flight into the airport Galapagos Airport to leave and one quick fun story before we get on the plane um, this military guy is walking through the airport shouting out my name. He's shouting out Jedediah Bayar, my full name, right? Jedediah Bayar, uh, where is Jedediah Bayar? Please come to me. And so I'm. That's not a good sign. Not a good sign, <laughs> no. right? He's like full on military uh, oh, outfit boy. and everything. And I said, yeah, what, what's going on? I'm Jedediah Bayar. And he goes, come with me. And he takes me to the back and he's, he has my bag there. Yeah. And like, uh, he's like, he points to one of the zippers and says, open the zipper. Uh-oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm not smuggling it. I don't, I don't Someone do drugs. Someone must have put something in your bag. Or... I was thinking, like, what is yeah, somebody stash, like yeah, stashed up? And he's like, open this bag. And inside the, inside the zipper, um, there's a little plastic bag. I put the bag in there, and it was just souvenirs. He's like, please remove that plastic bag, open the contents, and lay it out here on this tray. So I'm thinking, oh, crap, did I buy something weird? And so he looks at it, he's like, okay. The reason I had you uh, do this is because it's illegal to smuggle rocks out of Galapagos oh, you to the rocks? mainland. And he said, uh, he said um, these, they were little turtles. I bought little turtles as gifts for my kids, like little porcelain turtles from the okay, roadside. Yeah. And he thought they were rocks because they were like t together, jumbled together in the x-ray machine. It looked like rocks. Yeah. So uh, he thought that he was busting me for like smuggling rocks out of Galapagos. It was just turtles. So he, we just kind of smiled, wrapped it up, and I went back on my merry way. But word to the wise, if you Good go to, to Galapagos, know. don't take anything, not even yeah. rocks. They're really protective of entering the, the country and exiting the country. 
So anyways, we get on our way and we fly through the air. Everything's fine. The end of vacation, we get our quick stop in Gaiacala. Gaiacala, we were just supposed to stay on the tarmac and people were gonna, locals were gonna get off the plane, others would come on and then continue to Quito and that's where our layover was gonna be. But as we get into Gaiacala, they make an announcement that um, according to some government regulation, everybody has to deplane. And so they said, don't worry, you'll get right back on. So we almost left our stuff. But at the last second we thought, no, we'll grab our magazines, we'll grab everything and our, our carry-ons and get off the plane. So we get off the plane. As soon as everyone's off, they gather us around and said, everybody needs to get on this bus. That plane is not taking off. You have to follow us. So, okay, what else are we gonna do? We get on the bus, we go to a terminal, and then uh, we're brought to this baggage claim. And then we're around the baggage claim. And um, they make this announcement to us that Quito, in fact, Ecuador itself is under civil war right now. Whoa, so all planes, man. all flights everywhere are canceled. So everybody needs to stay right here at this baggage claim until your bags come out and then we'll figure out what to do with you. But right now you have to stay right here. And so we're in the city of Gaiacala. We don't know anything about Gaiacala. We don't know how long this is going to last. It's pretty scary. Where's Gaiacala? It's one of the islands? It's a, it's a city that's south of Quito, south of uh, maybe Quito. an hour flight. Um, miles, maybe three, four hundred miles, something like that. So you had to go from the Galapagos Island to that city, so, and then Quito, and then back to LA. Yeah, in fact, after Quito, we were gonna do one more stop in El Salvador as a quick layover. Uh, yeah. So you have to kind of hop around the globe a little bit to get home. So um, here we are, and the representative had told us this story about the war just disappears, goes away, and doesn't come back. And, our, and, the, and the, the belt that's supposed to bring our baggage doesn't move or anything. Our bags don't come out, and we're there for like an hour. Yeah. And so we decide, okay, we got to do something, and we decided to divide and conquer. So the couple, the friends that were traveling with us, they decided to go sit down and start trying to find Wi-Fi to get on their phone and try to, you know, find other flights or anything that might be uh, taken off anytime soon, just to get us out of there. And then my wife, she's, she's gonna stay with the bags or where the bags should be. And I go try to find another human, somebody to like, you know, somebody that works there to help us get out of there. So while I'm gone, that couple finds um, flights, actually finds a flight that takes them out of there to some other country, I forget where it was, but they were like three grand. They were like Whoa. gouging prices. And they had all these frequent flyer points. I thought points. all the flights were canceled though. They were, but they, uh, they found through another airline, some other flight that took them out of there. Um, but it wasn't going to leave until like the next day or something yeah. like that. So they ended up just booking it just to have it. And they used their frequent flyer points. And they, they travel a lot for work. Yeah. And then um, they, uh, I, meanwhile, found a representative to talk to. And everybody was mobbing him, like asking him questions. And so I just joined the mob and I just kind of followed him everywhere. <coughs> and sure enough, he was able to find one flight that opened on Avianca Airlines. That's the airline that we were originally on. Because it's the same airline, it would cost us nothing extra. But the trick was, it was leaving right then, and it was going to Quito, where the war was. And so he says this out loud, and then an American in line um, says, "Hey, come here, come here, come here, quick! I hear your, I can hear your voice. You're American. I need you to know, I just talked to the American embassy. I called them. They said, whatever you do, don't go to Quito. <laughs> the whole airport is under like uh, military lockdown. It's yeah. not safe. And whatever you do, don't go to Quito." So I go back to the representative, I said, hey, I just heard, don't go to Quito because the airport's on lockdown. And he said, no, 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 it's under lockdown, but that's why you should go to Quito because you're safe inside of the military protection. And so I had this choice to make. And as far as I knew, no more flights were going out. There was just that $3,000 flight like that was happening the next day. And I didn't know when the next opportunity was gonna come. And my wife shows up, she just found the bags. 
And yeah, so we had good news. we kind of had this like do or die. So we just we we pulled the trigger. We jumped on the flight and went to Quito. So on the way to Quito, you know, it's only a one hour flight. We're not even that high up in the air. You could see below the war. You could see fire. You could see um, sirens. A lot you of could people. See smoke. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, from <coughs> from as high as we were up, you could, we could tell like that there thousands were thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, it was basically at that point like thirty thousand indigenous people that were trying to kill the president. They were wow, trying to and, and any law enforcement that were in the way because they, they weren't getting the satisfaction that they wanted. So anyways, we, uh, on the way, I, I tried to call that hotel that we still had the reservation at in case, you know, maybe we could extend the stay or, you know, whatever. And um, I got through to them, many busy, busy signals, and then finally got through and they explained, um, yeah, you got the room, but we're completely booked. So if you still want it, we'll hold it for you. And they gave us a tip on how to get to that bus stop first, how to get to the hotel. So we land and we run to the bus terminal that's supposed to take us to the hotel because the thing is is the airport was under lockdown you couldn't leave but luckily this hotel that my wife booked was somehow inside of the barricade that wasn't letting people in and out so we were on the inside of it and we could still get to our hotel because of the the lock that the barricade was why'd you have to run well because we knew everybody on that plane was going to try to get to that hotel for for shelter And then if there wasn't anything booked or, you know, we were worried that maybe uh, people would complain enough if they got up there first that we might lose our reservation to the biggest complainer. So we got to the bus and then everyone else got to the bus and this bus just wasn't showing up. So, you know, I'm a a runner. I decided, why don't I just try to gun it and like run to the... So I tried to bring my wife with me and we started going toward the hotel. It was only, like according to GPS, like a three-minute drive. But um, like a half a mile. Yeah, it was maybe like a half mile or a mile or, or so to speak. Oh yeah, no problem. But my wife doesn't run as much, and we had all the bags. And as we're moving along, um, the uh, the bus finally shoots past us. Oh, man. It's full of people, and we know those people don't all have reservations like <laughs> yeah. we do. So I'm like, wife, hey, I'm gonna Hold do something bag. that. Please take all the bags. Take your time. I'm gonna sprint this. So I sprint it, and obviously I don't beat the bus. But I get to the bus as it's debussing, and people are getting off and collecting their bags. I'm hopping over their bags. I'm shoving through people politely, politely, and I get to the desk first before the mob. And I'm, I slap down my uh, passport and my credit card. I'm like, I have a reservation. Please sign me in quick. And so they hand me my key, and then everybody slams <laughs> up behind me up against the counter scream and shouting like i want a room i want a room it's just chaos immediately suddenly and so i just back off and then right about that my wife comes up with all the bags and we just go up to our room and for like a moment we have a little bit of peace and quiet like in our room it was stressful huh dealing with that having to see that the uncertainty of everything yeah yeah very stressful and they had announced um as we were deplaning all flights again canceled so that flight we thought we were on to get out of there to end keto and then hop and leave the next day that was also canceled that's the second cancellation so we get to our room we're just taking a few deep breaths thinking okay now at least we have some shelter for the moment and luckily my wife gets this email that um, we're booked Avianca has booked us on another flight so we're already we've already been canceled twice and we decide, um, why don't we call Avianca just to confirm this flight's good? Yeah. Thank goodness we did because they said, we don't have any booking for you. It looks like they booked you for like later this week. And we looked at the email more closely and we just misread it. We read it too fast. It wasn't going to be 4 a.m. the next morning. It was 4 a.m. like later that week. So we were supposed to wait in war-torn uh, keto for like all these days. And 
you know, with, with no place to stay. We only had a room booked for the one night. So we got a little bit of, a little bit nervous and we really struggled and kind of to take a long story short, we finally got um, the guy on the phone through multiple calls to find us another flight that left out uh, out of Quito the next morning at 8 a.m. It had like literally just opened while he was looking at it. He was able to get us on it. And believe it or not, I know it's been a long story, but that's the short version. It was so much back there and forth. There was more? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not even done yet, right? So we oh, yeah, we, yeah. we hear, we, we learned that the next morning we had a flight at 8 a.m. So we're feeling good, right? And so we, just, it's actually a few extra hours and we're anticipating. So we even think, yeah. okay, good side of this is we're going to get out of here. We can have a longer shower now. We can have a longer sleep. And we went down to the hotel lobby to get dinner and we, we stopped ourselves because we weren't sure with all the cancellations and the chaos what if the hotel runs out of food what if you know what's our next move what if we don't have food for a while so we ate as much as we could and we could see little little tent cities were starting to form all around the hotel people were, were like making little encampments just like regular you know tourists like like you and I we're building little like um, little stations little sleep quarters on the floor and on the couches and on the little ottomans and the chairs and, um, so we ate and we went back up to bed and like we were kind of unwinded. We were feeling blessed that we had a room and a lot of people didn't have a room. So the next morning I wake up to my wife going, oh no. And I, I look uh -oh. over, I'm like, what? She's That's like, never a good she's looking, sign. She's looking at her phone and she's like, that 8 a.m. flight canceled. Oh. So this is the third cancellation. So we kind of take a big breath and we just start looking at the internet again. And again, we have shelter for now. We're just celebrating the, the little victories we have. And she finally finds that's it. celebrating the little victories. Yes, that's, that's the super important thing. Yeah, you got to stay grounded. Positive mental attitude. Yeah, so we're small victory. That's it. We're trying to keep a positive attitude because right outside of our windows, we see smoke coming up from uh, you know the there, there's battles going on out yeah. there, and you can see in the distance pillars of, of, of smoke and like the barricades and. Is there gunshots? Or? Uh, we didn't hear any gunshots, thankfully. However, uh, I'll get to it later. We did see some stuff, and I'll, I'll explain later. Um, so my wife finds this pair of tickets on a different airline called Copa departing later that afternoon just getting us out of Quito and it had kind of a weird round the globe directory but it got us back to LA and they were $1,500 for the two tickets and kind of expensive so we thought should we wait to see if Avianca books us should we just get the bird in the hand and and take this pair and so we decided to go ahead and buy it but here's what happens we click to buy it and then this pop-up says sorry your prices went up it was now three grand oh to buy these two tickets and still we thought you know what we're in a war we need to get out of here so we, so we get out the credit card and I buy the three thousand dollar pair of tickets it's like right? my life or three thousand dollars my yeah. life or three thousand dollars <laughs> yeah and here's what's funny a few minutes after we booked the three thousand uh, dollar um, flights yeah. we get an, e an email from Avianca that they booked us uh, you know, they, they basically put us on another flight out of there later that night on Avianca, which they because they owed us flights because they canceled us. So now we were double booked. We had the three thousand dollar flights later in the afternoon, and then we had the the flights that Avianca gave us scheduled for later that night. So we thought, well, can we try to argue and cancel the three thousand dollar one? And we thought, no, no, no. Let's just with all the cancellations going on, let's just try to have keep the two flights, and then at least one of us will get it home, and we'll figure out the three thousand dollars later. So we go and we have lunch and we kind of look around as we're waiting for this, uh, you know, whichever flight that happens first to happen. And sure enough, the Copa flight gets canceled. 
And so uh, no 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 speak of even a refund or anything yet, which we knew we'd figure out later. That's the three grand one. The three grand one got canceled. And like no problem though, we still got the one coming up later that night, right? So it we have almost be a good thing if they give you a refund and the other one works out. You actually save three thousand dollars. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we did a little bit of exploring because we had some time to kill till later that night, and we went down to the basement just to see what's going on. And they oh, had yeah, a whole triage set up down there. People were laying on the ground and like laying on injured. like cut. yeah, there were some, some people were um, like you know injured, and there were a lot of elderly people, like travelers that weren't expecting to be you know like out in elements and like running around and. Uh, it was just such a crazy sight, and uh, but we could, we saw it as an opportunity. Like worst case, if we can't get out of here today, <laughs> at least um, there's places to, to have shelter. That's another great way to look at it. You turned it into an opportunity, turning adversity into advantage. Like looking at it on the bright side, the yeah. positive positivity aspect of it. it's really really good. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, I mean, th these were all positive things. Like, and also the charity watching this this hotel that didn't have to, volunteering and and giving shelter to these people. And they had coffee carts. They were bringing out coffee and supplies and water and juice, free to all these people that had no place to stay. It was amazing the charity you saw in you know in these moments of adversity. Um, just people helping people. This is so great. And people from other nations, like, n no relation to each other, no reason, but just like, you know, the charity and the giving and, and everybody coming together to help each other stay safe. So, um, anyways, the, later in the day comes along and we hop on the, that little bus that, that took you to the hotel. We hop it back to the, to the airport and the airport was quite a sight. It wasn't like we left it. This time, everything was off. Um, like, uh, like all the power. Like the power was off. It was still daylight. Yeah. Um, like it was becoming dark, but we could see everything we needed to see. But there were no employees in the hotel in the in the airport whatsoever. But just one long line of people. So we kind of are assessed in the line. And in the line is that guy Ovidio from earlier. The the guy who did the walking tour. Yeah. <laughs> and we see him, and he sees us, and we're like, Wow, what are you doing here? And He's able, because we recognized him and he's such a nice guy, by the way, he was only there because his walking tour was stuck in the war and he helped them get to the airport and was waiting with them in line to make sure they got off safe. He had nothing to do in the airport. Nice guy. Just the nicest guy. He was helping these guys stay safe, get on their flight, and he had no other you know, vested interest other than just helping people. And so he helped us. He told us the, the, what was going on. So that airport had been raided, I guess, earlier that day. People got fed up with the flights being canceled and people were rioting and looting and they were like cleaning out the shops and it was just chaos. And he told us that the reason for the line, he explained that um, nobody, no employees were there for, for several hours. Um, but every, this line is leading to the Avianca check-in and, and it is assumed that one eventually somebody will show up from Avianca and start checking people in. So we knew because of his helpful stories that we should just stay in the line and hope for the best. So we did. And um, so uh, finally, um, I was actually on the phone with my dad. I called him up to tell him, hey, we're safe. I don't know if you heard about the, the riots and protests. And uh, it's funny, I'm telling my dad all these scary stories and then suddenly Avianca people show up and I'm like, dad, I gotta go. And I hang up on him and I realized after I hung up, I probably, he probably thought something bad happened. Yeah, 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 gotta go, boom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, so the, the Avianca people show up finally all in their nice outfits and, yeah. and we see him and everybody's cheering and applauding because finally this line's been standing there for hours. It's finally gonna start to move. Sure enough, it does move. And, and uh, people are getting up to the the, the, uh, the check-in desks like to put their bags. Heroes. Yes, like heroes. And so finally my, my line kind of wraps up to where I can see 
and, and, and here's the thing is like at this point I see there's a business class line. And so Always we're the smaller and fastest line. Yes. So we're like, oh, we don't have to wait in this line. We go, we take our bags and we hoof it over to the business class line. And we're like, there's just two people in line. It was easy. We get up there and the guy says, well, good news. Your flight's still on, but you're in the wrong terminal. You're a domestic passenger. I'm like, what? I'm not domestic. And first of all, there's no other terminal. Why is that line? He's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. This is domestic. And I said, well, I'm not domestic. I'm going to the United States. He's like, well, you're going to guy calling next. And uh, this is considered domestic, so you need to go to the other terminal. And he points to this dark end of the airport, and there's nothing there. And I'm like, you want me to what? Go stand in that dark space? And he's like, sorry, but I can't check you in here. So I do. I, we step away with the bags, and we're walking away. As we're walking away, this other German uh, couple of girls come up to us and go, we, they, they say, hey, we heard you said that flight number. Um, we want you to know it's canceled. And we're like, no, the guy just said it's not canceled. This would have been like our third or fourth cancellation. <laughs> yeah, and um, and we're kind of arguing politely, like, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it's it, the flight's fine. She's like, no, we're on the flight, and we know it's canceled. And they point up, and finally, the uh, monitors that show flight statuses that just come back on, it shows our flight, canceled. So this is now the fourth cancellation. And then uh, my wife kind of loses it this time. She's yeah. like, no, that's unacceptable. And I'm like, no, no, calm, calm down, honey. <laughs> I will fly this plane. <laughs> it will leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm like, hey, listen, you know, we, we saw the hotel. There's plenty of places for shelter. We can, they're going to give us coffee, water. We can stay as long as we need. We may not have a room, but like, let's look at the bright side. Let's stay optimistic. We've got our phones. We're going to find, we'll find another flight. They're, they're gonna, it's, we're, gonna, we're not going to die here, right? And she's like, no, <laughs> no. I want you to get our stuff. Go back into that mob, that line, because we look over and the line I was yeah. just in, no longer a line. It's now a mob of people because all those flights were getting canceled too. She's like, go into that mob, find us a flight. I don't care what country, I don't care what price, just get us out of here. So I says, okay, fine. So I grab our bags, I push into that mob, and right now it's just a mob. No lines, no more order, nothing. It's just. Um, certain little pockets of people that are employees getting mobbed and being asked questions so i'm just trying to listen and i'm trying to look for what to do next and i hear this one employee giving out information like she's explaining like hey there were only six flights today four are already canceled one of which was mine one's about to be canceled and the last one's going to um not cuba it was um, colombia and um I'm listening, I'm like listening, okay, okay, I should probably try to get on that last flight, but I'm sure everybody else is too. And I heard her say an interesting fact, and this becomes important later. She says, um, hey, sir, we're not gonna, she's talking to somebody, and she says, I can't take your bags for this flight because although it's still good, um, we think it's gonna be canceled. So we don't, as a policy, we do not take bags for flights that we believe will be canceled. Five of the six are already canceled. Yeah. It's kind of expected. Yeah, so I remembered this little tidbit and I kept it in my mind for later. And um, so I, try, I tried to do this really weird, uh, I'm, never, I'm never a jerk, Mark. I'm honestly like the most chill guy, but I was kind of in a fight or flight. So I pulled this really like jerk move and I, I shouted and I said, I said, hey, I'm business class. I demand to be on that one flight to Colombia, my wife and I. And I, I just like go into this character of a complete jerk, right? And it worked. She's wow. like, she's like, okay, sir. Give me your tickets, come with me, I'll talk to my supervisor, we'll get you on that last flight to Colombia. And I'm like, wow, that actually worked. So That's I'm in, good though. I'm in, yeah, and I- Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do and, <laughs> and uh, 
do a different approach. Yes. Sometimes you, and persist. Persistence overcomes all obstacles. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. And it actually worked, so I thought, yeah. right? So I, I try to follow her. Or gave you progress. It, like a little bit of like hope, progress. Progress equals happiness. So like, right, good. exactly. So I grabbed the bags. She's yeah. like, come with me. But the thing is, she's holding my tickets now. And then a brand new mob forms around her. And they start asking questions. And they're, everybody speaks Spanish. And I'm having a hard time following what they're saying. I speak a little bit of Spanish. And it was start, believe me, my Spanish was starting to get good on this trip. And um, I realized she's not going anywhere. She's completely mobbed down. And then I look over at the business class line that I was at earlier. Yeah. And that representative's still there. And so I think to myself, oh. I'm going to go over there and see if maybe he can help me. Because this lady can no longer help me. So I drop my bags for a second. I dive into the mob. I ask the lady, hey, give me my tickets back. Grab my tickets. I go uh, grab my bags, run over to the business class line. I see an opening and I tell the guy, hey, remember me earlier? You said my flight was still on? It's not on, it's canceled. And you sent me to this dark terminal and I need you to help me. In fact, I just spoke to that representative over there and I tell her, I tell him the truth that she said she's gonna get me on this last flight. And I'm like, hey, sir, I demand to be on. I'm business class. I demand to be on this last flight to Columbia, and I put my bags up on the up on the the belt. And he's like, "Don't put your bags up here. I can't accept these yet. The flight's not surely gonna go." And I said, "No." She said, "It's going." And I push, and then he pushes them back. He's like, "No, sir. Take them off the belt." I'm like, "No," and I push. And he's like, "Okay, okay, calm down." Your wife's cheering over there. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm pushing. He's pushing back. And he's like, "Okay, sir." He's like, "Give me your tickets, okay." And he's like whispering to me, and he takes the tickets, and I'm not kidding, Mark, here's what he does. He tears them up in front of me, tears up my tickets. And I'm, I, that's my reaction too, is like, what? And your heart just sinks. My heart sinks, I'm trying to figure out what to do next. It's starting to cry almost. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know what to do. And before I could even say a word, he starts typing. And he, he prints out these two other tickets, and he's like, be calm, be quiet, don't say anything. But these two tickets are for a flight that nobody here knows about. They're not up on the signs yet. And according to the tickets, I know it says it already left three hours ago, but I can tell you, I know it's stuck on the tarmac. These people landed, they were supposed to just quickly deplane and get back on, but because of everything being grounded, they're stuck there, but I can get you on there and business class. And so I said, yes, thank you. So I, he's like, but you gotta go back over to that terminal and get out of here, like just get out of my face, please. And so I grab my bags off of his belt and I back away and I go back and tell my wife like, good news, I got this flight and it doesn't exist on the, on the sign, but we're getting out of here. So um, all these people start crowding us and like, cause they can see we're happy. Like what's going on? You got yeah. out of here? And I'm like, well, yeah, I did. I'm not really supposed to talk about it, but there's this flight that exists. And oh, you were telling people? Well, I told uh, the, the people that are the, the German girls from earlier. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I, I can tell you it's that like there's a mob flight. around you. Not so much, yeah. not, not so much yet, but people saw like, and they started to form around us. Uh-oh. And um, <laughs> so I was just telling them the facts that I could share. I'm like, hey, well, yeah. here's what I know. I know that if you see people put bags on the belt and they start taking it, that's a good sign that that flight's gonna be going. And I'm just giving them the information I know. And meanwhile, meanwhile, my wife saw an attendant finally show up at this international terminal. So she goes over to talk to them. And so she's talking to them and I'm, I'm sharing facts with the crowd that's forming around me. And all of a sudden I hear her, Jed, come now! And so I turn and she, I can see this representative is turning on the gate and starting to collect, you know, like turn on the computer and everything. So I turn around and I, I'm wearing one of those giant travel backpacks that like, you know, like backpackers long. use. It's really long yeah. and tall. I turn and I duck under the rope 
but the backpack catches the rope, <laughs> and you know how the ropes are attached to like those like big um, the posts. Whole thing, the pillar and, falls. And I start running, and the pillars are dragging behind me, like <laughs> scraping across the terminal <laughs> yeah. airport. But I don't care. I keep going, <laughs> and I'm trying going. to reach behind me and untether the the rope. And um, so I get to the terminal, and like I'm still on this like high of like I'm gonna claim business class. So yeah. I run up to that lady. I'm like, Hey, I'm business class. I demand to get on this thing. And she's like, Don't worry, Jed, sir. Don't let his get into your head, Jed. Yeah, yeah. I've turned into this business class beast. Yeah. It's like, Don't worry, sir. I know your business class. Just stand here with me. I'll get you on there soon. And so behind me is this line of people running after us because the line's about to form in this newly opened international terminal. So they stand and they form their line. I'm up waiting at the computer and um, almost through the story here right so what happens is she's like just give me a second I'm gonna I'm gonna print out your tickets and so she, she prints out the tickets and then she's like okay now it's time for you to put your bags up on the belt I put them up onto the belt and as I do that everyone behind me sees it and starts to cheer because they remembered my story from earlier where I said uh, they don't accept bags for flights that they don't think are gonna go so the representation of a bag being placed on a belt to everybody meant a good it's a good flight, yeah. we're gonna go. So anyways, long story short, um, we're the first ones through security. We get to beyond the security, the whole airport is empty. All stores looted. That's eerie. Blankets up, I have yeah, pictures of this. Spooky, huh? Blankets up, covering up all the damage. We walk through, nobody there. We have to go all the way down to the terminal. We wrap around, we have to go downstairs. And then when we get to the bottom of the stairs, I'm the first one that walked down. My wife and I, was my wife's right behind me. There's all these people, maybe 50 people that were on the flight that had the deep plane. Apparently they weren't told what was going on. They see me, I'm the first person they've seen in hours. And they look at me and they're like, what's going on up there? What's going on? We hear there's a war. They don't know what's going on. They're completely in the dark down yeah. in this lower wing. And I'm like, okay, so you don't know what's happening? So I, I started explaining there's a war, you know, and, and there's this is what's happening. And I'm telling them everything I know. And I'm like, and don't worry, I think we're about to take off. And because of the whole bag trick, like it's they took the bags and that means it's a good thing. So don't worry, guys. I think we're getting out of here. And the people started sharing stories with me. There was a documentary crew down there doing a film on uh, building of schools in the Amazon jungles out of, in Ecuador. Yeah. And they said they had all this footage and, and photographs of the people, the indigenous people. They switched the documentary from filming education to the war because they were they literally had video of them sharpening metal into swords and into wow. spears. And they were getting on their canoes and floating down the Amazon into the mist to go to war to try to kill the president. Like all this, I guess they have this incredible documentary. It'll probably yeah. be coming out soon. I, I don't know what it's called, it's but I kept their information. So yeah. I'm going to be following that for sure. Yeah, definitely so, want to see that. So finally we get on the plane and here's, it's funny. We get on the plane, the plane all, uh, they make an announcement. I'm, I'm nervous of what's going to happen. If it's going to get canceled, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, number five, is this, this going to go? Is that what you're thinking too? Are we going to get out of here? Yeah, I, I don't believe anything until at this point. Like, So I'm on the plane until finally. in the air. Right. And they make an announcement. Sorry, the flight crew is missing. Oh, because the flight man. crew got stuck outside of the police barrier. And there's nobody to fly this plane. So we're going to have to wait till they get across the military barrier back in. So we had to, we sat there for like the longest hour ever, just, okay, what's only happening? Only an hour, huh? It was only an hour okay, or so, and they bad. were still really nice and courteous. It was a pleasant experience. We had comfortable seats. We're in, in business, business class, class. <laughs> right? But I mean, there were no supplies on the plane, so we, they didn't even have any like beverages or anything or, or snacks for us. We just yeah. sat there and waited patiently, blessed. We were safe. You know, we could see out the window, like fires and smoke in the distance, but we were safe at the moment. So we we're celebrating that moment. So finally, the crew shows up, everybody applauds, we take off. 
and we land in the first of the next stop in, in, in Gayakala. Now here's the epilogue of the story. We think the story's over. We're now, you know, 400 miles, 300 miles away from the war, so we thought. Yeah. We land in Gayakala. On the way, my wife even, because there was going to be a quick six-hour layover again, mm -hmm. and then we we're going to get up, fly to El Salvador directly. No more keto, no more keto, and then from El Salvador straight to LAX. Don't tell so, me the mob follows you. No, no, no. Tell but, me. <laughs> no, no, no. But on the flight in, my wife yeah. uh, had the wherewithal to try to book us a hotel, a cheap place, just to get some rest. Yeah. And again, I'm the cheap one, so I wouldn't even have thought of doing this. So she gets the hotel, no problem. We get in the hotel, we check in. And the thing is, it's now uh, October 13th. Her birthday is actually the 14th. And I'm like, you know, your, your birthday is like two hours away. We got to do something. There's a re I'm looking at Google. Google Maps, and I'm looking at restaurants, and there's one right around the corner. So I'm like, why don't we just get you a, get you a nice dinner? It was like a steakhouse, it was like authentic Ecuadorian food. So I convince her, let's go for a quick walk. So we go outside of the hotel, and there's it's a big city, but there's nobody in the city. It's like like apocalyptic. There's nothing, huge buildings, lights, but like nobody uh, there. So it was just bizarre. And so we're walking completely by ourselves. We go to the restaurant. The restaurant's open and nobody in there except for the employees and everybody's just watching the TV. And so we go in and they, they seat us and then they bring us food, we start to eat and we kind of notice, yeah, this is really weird. It, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, maybe everybody goes to bed at nine o'clock, but we look at the TV and on the TV, it's what they're watching that catches our attention. It was just a news conference and it was all these uh, indigenous looking people with face paint and they look angry and they're surrounding these guys in these business suits and one of them's wearing um, this real royal looking outfit like the president or something but I'm not sure I don't speak enough Spanish to read what the words are on the screen and so I ask our server hey what's everybody watching what's happening on TV he says they found the president oh and they've got him surrounded damn. and so on the news the indigenous people had this president surrounded right there live on television <clears throat> and so we kind of freak out a little bit like oh man so it's coming to an end he's like yeah they're negotiating now so hopefully it'll be over by the end of the night and I said, by the way, uh, Don Estado, Presidente, like, where's the president? Because this guy only speaks Spanish, and I only know a little bit, so yeah. I'm trying to keep my questions simple. And he's like, aquí, uh, president, nah. el presidente está en el Gayacara. Oh, the city so you're the in. the president had fled oh. Quito to protect his life and hid in Gayacara, where I was sitting ah. right then. How so, far away was he? Well, he was, well, I was in the guy called it, like, probably there. very close because it was just in that city is where they caught him. And I'm in that city right now. The reason there were no people because the military put the city on lockdown. We were just in the middle of it and didn't know. So uh, we landed in it. We were eating dinner in it. We had no idea we were in a military lockdown. So anyways, we delicately finish our dinner, get our way back to our hotel as quickly as possible, get what sleep we can, and get the heck out of there. We get back to the hotel, or get back to the airport the next morning, and everyone's like, hey, it's those two. Where did you go? We thought you'd get kidnapped. The war wasn't <laughs> over yet. They didn't realize we went and got a comfortable hotel. Uh -huh. It's just that everybody that had kind of gotten to know each other in the chaos suddenly noticed that that one couple from California was missing, and they were like concerned for us. and. Anyway, so we got on our flight. We learned the facts that the from the people that had stayed awake the rest of the night yeah. that the, they had negotiated a peace treaty and the president agreed to uh, reduce Probably the gas prices. Give them whatever they want if, it, if his life depended. Yes, on it. like yeah. I guess when you got a gun to your head, you yeah. do, or a machete yeah. to your head, or spear. Um, so, anyways, we got off safe, and and man, that's that is the Ecuador story, and so <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> Thank you it's for intense, letting me share the story. It's beautiful. It's like an emotional roller coaster. It sounds like like. 
all sorts of emotions from joy to wonder excitement to fear to like all sorts of stuff and and perspective man just just knowing that you have your life and your health and shelter at the moment even if you're in adversity just celebrate the little things stay focused on what you have and what is working right for you and then like you said turn adversity into how do you put it you put it so well turn adversity into advantage yes Turn pain into power. Yes. Become a victor rather than, rather than a victim. Yeah, you say that so well. Oh, I practice it. I say it like 50 times in my head. Yeah. So, so, so that's a that's my guy I call a story. It was, <clears throat> first part of it, beautiful and fun and amazing. And the second part, chaos. But, you know, I'm but happy to have... But it's kind of exciting, though. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to go just to, <laughs> to go experience all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. We really did fall in love with, uh, you know, South and Central Central America through all that. We plan to go down to Playa del Carmen, which is not the same area. Cancun but area. South. Yes, exactly. Uh, by Cozumel. Yeah. Um, not far from Chichen Itza. Yes, Can- yes. Cancun. I was thinking about going back. Exactly. I was there once. I went there once as well, but I haven't been to Playa del Carmen. I did see a turtle there, too. Yeah. And I think Belize, I don't remember if it was Belize, but you could go swimming out there and they mm-hmm. have like some stingrays and some some sharks that, that aren't dangerous you could go sw- snorkeling right. with. I think it was somewhere around there. Yes. <laughs> you could do that. So, uh, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to all that stuff. Yeah, Chichen Itza is a, a new wonder of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there, man. I bought some of that, uh, what's the, the those daggers they sell, the amor- uh, what's the special stone? I have not a brain fart right oh it's a now. it's a dagger yeah you buy uh oh, i need to get one I black, cl- obsidian obsidian, obsidian dagger. stone daggers i gotta i gotta get one of those oh there's they're they're amazing and you know what uh i guess we're about done huh? yeah, yeah we are thank you for letting me take all your time today <laughs> no it's fine man it, it went longer than i thought we were an hour in oh my god 60 minutes oh, dude thanks for it. sharing your story and uh I have one last gift for you for sharing your story. A gift for me? This is from Muscat oh Oman. Gosh. A bunch of cool dates with the uh, Mark. You shouldn't stuff have done inside. This. It's a really look at this box. Cool it's gift. gold um, and wow. I didn't. I only had two of those, and you got one of them. The other one Mark, went this to a, a family member. So definitely, wow. uh, thanks for sharing. And oh, Mark, this is for really... you and your wife. Muscat Oman. Wow, look at the back. Cool assortment of dates. Wow, look at that. This is a high-end gift, man. I really yeah. appreciate that. I don't feel like I deserve this. No, no, you're, man. You, man. You do, totally. You're totally. a great guy, Mark. I really appreciate this. All right. Th- <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Take care. And next time, dude, we got to do it again. We yeah. got to do this again. It's actually really fun. This is fun. Maybe uh, maybe we got something going on in the future, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so, All Mark. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. All right. Thanks, Ed. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and take care. Have a great day. All right.